Bears, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Now, here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, party people, to the place everybody wants to be. You know it. You love it. It is Victory Lane. This week on the show, we have a recap of Texas, Kevin Harvick, Gets it done yet again. Look ahead to Phoenix, or as they say, ISM Raceway, in the penultimate race of the season for Truck, Xfinity, and Cup, but the season finale for k West. And of course, lug nuts of the week. We got a little bit of an abbreviated show, because as you see from the episode title, there is no specific guest. That is because I ran through the gauntlet of all my interviews that I got at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. I hadn't had time to get someone. I was at the k races the last few weeks. Hopefully this weekend, since I'm getting to the track on Thursday and the race is on Saturday, and since there's a cup companion weekend, some of the k drivers may stay till Sunday. I will hopefully, hopefully, hopefully be able to knock out some of those interviews to have for the rest of the year and the offseason. So with that being said, let's get this episode started with a good old reggaeton! Triple uh, A Texas 500 at Texas Motor Speedway. So here's how it went down. Kevin Harvick wins the pole, leads the opening few laps, falls back, gets a penalty, comes back, and wins. <laughs> Dominant performance through and through for Stuart Haas Racing in the four-team Kevin Harvick got a little introspective in the media center on his season as a whole now that he is championship four bound. You know, I think every, every year is, is different. Um, you know, for, for me, I would tell you that, that I just, I don't think we've, you know, we've, we've run as well as, as we've probably wanted to run week in and week out compared to, you know, the, the things that, that we expect. But, you know, this particular year has been f- neat for me to sit back and watch the evolution of, of, you know, how we progressed with the race cars, how the conversations have progressed, how my, you know, theories and, and things that I think are right and wrong have changed. And, and you know, it's, it's such a, it's such a, a process of, of going to all these different racetracks. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's just a lot of choices of, of what you can do to the car and the things that you do and, and not being the dominant car on the racetrack has, has, you know, made us work harder. So the thing that I can tell you is, you know, it's, it's, um, it's evolved into not making mistakes. And yes, Dustin, we made it through the whole night without having a speeding penalty. <laughs> so I don't have to find you this, uh, this next week to, uh, to, uh, to, we didn't have a speeding penalty, so you're <laughs> off the hook. So it's, you know, it's, but that, that's the type of scenario that, that um, you know, it's, it's like tonight where you have the, you know, the pit road penalty, you put it behind you and you're like, okay, well now what do we do? And, you know, we, we went right out and had a bad restart and went further backwards. And, and then, then you had the penalty and, and then you go all the way to the back and then change the tires and you're like, okay, well that's over. Um, and you have to start thinking about how you're going to get back to the front. And, and we stayed out longer, and the caution came out. And next thing you know, you're on the on the right side of the cycle. And, and so th- those are the types of things that that, that um, we've been reminded of this year that you have to 
you have to think about things outside of the box because the box changes a lot. Um, obviously, the rules changed a tremendous amount this year, and, and the thought processes and the things that you've done in the past are irrelevant. Um, so, you know, anytime you hear about, anytime you hear about, you know, we did this last year, it's like I just stop them and say, you know, there's no reason to talk about last year because it is absolutely irrelevant to the things that we've done. So, um, the the day that that you stop thinking about uh, how you're going to evolve and get stuck in in today and what you did yesterday is is the day that this sport will leave you leave you behind. You have to be very open minded and and. You know, this is a progressive sport, and, and, and you have to keep up with that progression on a weekly basis because it, it, it changes rapidly. And, and, and those are the types of things that, that I have really enjoyed this year. Uh, even though we haven't been the dominant car, we've figured out how to win. We've figured out um, how to run fast and, and, you know, put ourselves in position to have chances to win races. And, and we've, we've capitalized on, on the, the few chances that, that, that we've been in position to win, and, and that's, that's really – uh, it's been a, it's been a good character building year to uh, to you know to to have to battle in order to get yourself in position. Tony Stewart is a car owner heading to Miami for the fifth time in the last six seasons with his driver and friend Kevin Harvick behind the wheel. How about that stat first of all before we get to Tony? This format has been in existence for six years from 2014 onwards, and Kevin Harvick has been in the championship for five of those six years. That's crazy. And the first year that it was happening, he won the whole thing. So this is a big deal for the team and the organization of Stuart Haas Racing to get to the championship four in a year that they started off admittedly behind the eight ball, behind Joe Gibbs Racing, behind Team Penske, even behind Hendrick Motorsports at some points. But to rebound and get there yet again, it's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's a that's a big deal to us. I mean, it's... Uh... You know, it's a scenario that it takes a lot of pressure off next week. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys that are all lumped together there that are going to be fighting for two spots. So, uh, you know, there, there's a ton of pressure for those guys. And the next seven days is not going to be a fun seven days, uh, you know, for those guys preparing for it. But, you know, it gives, gives Rodney a little bit of a breather, gives Kevin a little bit of a breather to go out and, and uh, you know, it doesn't mean next weekend you don't you don't work hard. I mean, you, you, you stay the course. I mean, he'll tell you he's going to work just as hard next week as he is for Homestead. So uh, you got to keep that momentum going. And uh, but the nice thing is, it does it does take that edge off, I guess. Uh, you know, of worry it takes that out of the equation going into next weekend. So uh, you know, it's big for the organization. You know, obviously, it's it's the goal of the company every year to to be in that position where you know you're going to take at least one car to Homestead to race for a, a championship. So, uh, you know, you, this is one of those tracks, and, and Phoenix next week is one that, you know, is they're kind of Kevin and Rodney's playground, so to speak, So uh, or have been historically. So uh, you know that these are good opportunities. You, you hate to have to rely on Phoenix to, to get you in that position, but, um, you know, to be able to, to knock it out like they did today and do it in such a dominant fashion, I mean, that's uh, – you know, that's the kind of day that, that sets a statement to the competition that, that, you know, we feel like our team's peaking at the right time and getting ready for the end of the year. And, hey, while we have Tony at our disposal, we might as well ask him his thoughts on NASCAR policing certain things within the sport. Th these are his thoughts on the spin by Bubba Wallace late in the final stage. There's been some talk on whether or not that spin by the 43 was intentional. Was it not intentional? I'll let you guys be the judge on that, but... We like hearing from Smoke about it all. Here were his thoughts about it. You know, honestly, I feel like NASCAR's backed in a corner. 
on scenarios like this. I mean, I think there's so many things just like, you know, the rule of double yellow lines at, at Talladega and Daytona. I mean, there's so many ball and strike calls that they have that they're put into position of having to make. I think they got to find a way to make it simpler to where it is what it is. I mean, there Bubba wasn't working for any team, any manufacturer. I mean, he was trying to take care of himself in that scenario. So, you know, it could work for you one week. It could work against you the next week. It's uh, it's just part of it. I mean, but to put NASCAR in that position where they have to act and react to every single thing that happens, I wouldn't even want to be a NASCAR official if that's the way it had to be all the time. So Same thing happened last week, right? It's it's just it gets. At what point do you sit there and say enough's enough? And it just uh, at some point we've got to somewhat adopt the the old time tradition of keep it simple, stupid. It's just got to be simplified to where they don't have they shouldn't have to sit up there and babysit every single thing that everybody does all the time. There's enough rules and regulations that they have to do that need to be in place, let alone the things that they shouldn't have to be put in those positions. So it's. Uh, I mean, you can ask 10 different people. They're going to give you 10 different answers on it. I just feel bad that NASCAR has to be put in that position and that, you know, after a race like that, that that's what they got to be scrutinized for is because they're trying to do their job. So there, there's plenty of things that we give them a hard time for not doing. There's plenty of things that they do right, but there's plenty of things that they shouldn't have to be put in those positions, and I feel like that's one of those. I kind of agree that there are, like, too many rules anyways within the sport as a whole, but at the same time, I feel like – intentional spins to change the course of the race to help you compromises the integrity of the sport as a whole. And I mean, we remember, I mean, Kevin Harvick had a little jab in there with that answer. Talladega 2015, I want to say it was, he basically, you know, got out of, or did not get out of his lane on the restart and caused a huge pileup, which wound up benefiting him. So it's one of those catch 22 things, but that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother different day. Kevin's win also tied his boss and friend Tony Stewart for 14th on the all-time wins list in the Cup Series with 49. That's pretty impressive. Well, I hate, I shouldn't say I hate to say this because I don't hate to say this. I'm excited about the fact that he's going to far surpass this, this landmark, but I'm really proud that the night that he did tie it, that it's on a, a night that was so significant. I mean, this is a – this is a big win. It's not just a, an early season win or a second win that doesn't mean anything. This is the win that, you know, locks him into to running for a championship at Homestead. So, um, and I guess here. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> just happened that I was around in the neighborhood this yeah, week. Right. So, but um, you know, it's cool to be here and be a part of it with him. But you know, I can promise you, he's going to far surpass this and and be long gone, and I'll be left in the weeds on that stat long after. Uh, I would say there's a really good shot in seven days that stat will be non-existent again. Let's hear from the crew chief, Rodney Childers. He called Kevin to victory and set up a car that, as he says, did not really change much at all throughout the course of the weekend. And you know what that means. That means you got a hot rod when you unload the truck. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing was we, we had a great car off the truck. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't have to chase anything during practice. We didn't have to change anything on our setup or anything like that. And we were able to, to just work on the, the little things during the weekend. And, um, you know, we talked about it a lot this morning that um, it, it was going to be a different race. You know, we had a lot of messages last night about the way that it played out in the spring. And, um, you know, I, I watched the race – from the spring for the third time this morning 
and um, you know there's just so many circumstances that can change with with putting two tires on like gas only with four tires and um, you know we're normally the ones that that I, I can't stand the points race I'll be honest I don't want to stay out there and get stage points I want to put ourselves in the best position to try to win the race and um, so doing that you know you end up putting yourself in a bad spot on those restarts after the stage breaks and he was able to do a, a really good job of driving back up uh, through there and, and getting six in the uh, in the second stage and then um, you know it, we stayed out at the end of the second stage to get those points and um, put us in a pretty bad hole uh, didn't have a great pit stop and then got a penalty the next caution and just a lot of things didn't go right but uh, like you said we made some adjustments and um, honestly I think just being able to put tires on that one time when those other guys had two or three cycles on their tires ended up being a bigger deal than what we ever thought um, you know you would have thought just you know you could go all night with not putting tires on it's not that big a deal but uh, once we got rolling there and having a little bit better tires it, it made a big a big difference for us and uh, you know just kept it turning that, that, that's really what it was all about is keeping it turning off a of turn off a of turn two and, and keeping that momentum going chase elliott had some trouble in stage one he hit the wall late and is now facing a must-win situation going into phoenix i believe he's 78 or 72 points below the cutoff so literally cannot point his way in Brad Keselowski and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. had one of those things where it was anything you can do, I can do better. My boy Dalen Barr, I know he's probably not listening, but he had a tweet basically like, oh, if your friends jumped off a bridge, would you do it? And then he said, me. And it's the video of Brad sliding in turns three and four and Ricky literally sliding right behind him. So that was funny. So they got into it. They did not finish the race. Denny Hamlin, big, big championship implications. Implications! Uh, He had some trouble there. He spun coming off a four. Slid through the infield grass, and then the splitter dug in for a little bit. He got airborne for a second, and he got a lot of damage. Wound up finishing a few laps down, I believe, in the 30s. And now he's 20 points back of the cutoff going into Phoenix. So in the year that you think Denny Hamlin, this is his year, he's going to win the championship, he, he's going to break through this year, now he might not even get a chance to compete for it in Miami. So that's pretty crazy. Also in Stage 2, Jimmy Johnson, seven-time champ, led 40 laps, but he hit the wall in stage three while he was running inside the top five, finished down in 34th, and Eric Almarola led a handful of laps, won stage two. The lead was taken from him by his teammate Kevin Harvick late in the going. This is usually where I throw it to my interview time, but we don't really have an interview this week, so let's just look ahead to ISM Raceway, the second-to-last race for the National Series and the season finale for the KN Pro Series West. It is the Blue Greens Vacations 500 at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday afternoon. Coverage is on NBC. Taking a look at the points real quick, Joey Logano is the fourth and final driver who is currently in on points. He has a 20-point buffer on fifth place, Denny Hamlin, who is minus 20 below the cut line. Then I believe from memory, Ryan Blaney is sixth and Kyle Larson is seventh. I believe they're 23 or so points back each. And then Chase Elliott's facing a must-win scenario in eighth. But honestly, anybody below the cut line, and Denny even said it himself, you know, they're facing must-win situations because Kyle Busch has a pretty good points gap, and he has really, really solid results at Phoenix, which, by the way, shameless plug, by the time you're listening to this, hopefully these articles are out on NASCAR.com. I did a championship for watch for Phoenix for all the truck drivers, 
all the Xfinity drivers and all the Cup drivers basically ran through their past results at Phoenix and what we can expect from them in this race and whether or not they will advance to the championship four. So shameless plug, check that out. They will also be posted on my Twitter account and on my Facebook page. You can check those out. So we're going to see who gets into victory lane on Sunday. I have a feeling it will be a playoff contender. I don't think that it's going to be one of the drivers that has already won in this round. I think that Kyle Busch is going to break through and get that mojo, break that 19 or 20 race winless streak that he has going right now and ride that wave that he's needed, frankly, into Miami. He's had really, really good results at Phoenix, especially in the past two races. What has he done, you ask? He's won both of them. This race last year, won. This race in the spring, won. So I'm going to be looking at Kyle Busch very, very uh, closely this weekend to see if he can repeat and go three-peat at Phoenix. Also, the K&M Pro Series West Championship concludes as soon as the race begins, Derek Krause will clinch the K&M Pro Series West title. Ty Majeski, he's also going to be competing. I want to talk about like the Wisconsin aspect of things. That's pretty crazy, I think, because you got Sam Mayer who's going to be there. He's the champion in K&M East from Wisconsin. Derek Krause, he's going to win the championship in the West from Wisconsin. Ty Majeski, he's going to be really, really solid contending for the win in Chad Bryan equipment. He's from Wisconsin. And I, I'm, I'm going to do an article on him for NASCAR Home Tracks this week that you guys can check out on NASCARHometracks.com. Essentially saying, look, like Wisconsin people, Wisconsin racers, man, you people need to pay attention because they are getting it done big time. Corey Heim, he's also going to be running for Chad Bryant Racing as Ty's teammate, uh, who also competed with him in the Arkham Menard Series this season. Ty Gibbs and Riley Herbst will be racing under the Levine Racing banner with, with basically a technical alliance from Joe Gibbs Racing, so be on the lookout for them. Stacked entry list, I believe around 25 or so cars this weekend at Phoenix. I think the only other entry list that compares is the West Race at Sonoma earlier this season, so... I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be my last time covering the K&M Pro Series West for this season. As I said previously, not entirely sure on what my plans are for next year, but you can bet your bottom dollar that whatever happens with me and my job occupation, I will be at some K&M races next year for sure. Although, this is actually going to be the last ever K&M Pro Series race because next year it turns into Arkham Menards East and Arkham Menards West. Look, that's up that week! Cue the music. Luke Lambert is going to crew chief Chris Busher at Roush Fenway Racing next season. He is leaving Richard Childress Racing. He has been crew chiefing the number eight car of Tyler Reddick this season. Randall Burnett has been crew chiefing Reddick in the Xfinity Series, and he is moving up to RCR's Cup level with Reddick. Austin Hill is staying with Hattori Racing Enterprises for 2020 in the Truck Series. He is competing for a Final Four spot this weekend, so be on the lookout for driver 16. Riley Herbst, we mentioned him. He's going to be in the k West race this weekend. He will be competing full-time for the Joe Gibbs Racing for Joe Gibbs Racing in the Xfinity Series next season in the number 18 Toyota Supra. Sponsorship from Monster Energy, Orca Coolers, and Terribles. We kind of saw that coming. So now Joe Gibbs Racing's lineup in the Xfinity Series is Harrison Burton in the 20, Brandon Jones in the 19, and Riley Herbst in the 18 going to leave you guys to interpret that as you will but i will say that there's no real debating that that's probably one of the more eye-opening lineups that we've seen in nascar especially with top equipment in past seasons eye-opening i say because 
it's some younger drivers that aren't as proven as some older drivers that would still be in that series and running in that equipment. But as we know, money wins out. So we wish the best of luck to them. Harrison's been on the show before. Brandon's been on the show before. Have a great relationship with Riley, working with him in KN. So wishing nothing but the best for them. Kyle Bush, this is pretty cool. I'm going to have an interest rooting stake in this. He's going to be competing in the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona in 2020 running for AIM Vassar Sullivan Lexus RCF GT3. I don't know what I just said. I just copied and pasted. But that's a lot of letters and numbers. What I do know is that he's going to be in the GTG... God, I can't even say it. GTD class, which means he's not going to be in the prototypes, which means he's not going to be the fastest cars on the track, which means after complaining about lap traffic all throughout the playoffs, he is going to be lap traffic. That's going to be really funny to watch. I'm excited for that, and I will have a rooting interest. I always root for the NASCAR guys with the Rolex 24. Roger Penske has purchased Indianapolis Motor Speedway and IndyCar. That was kind of a bombshell story that dropped this week. I literally woke up Monday morning, and I was like, oh, Roger Penske just decided to drop around $500 million and buy an entire racetrack, the most famous racetrack in all of motorsports, and also just buy a completely racing series like yeah just go ahead and drop that bottom dollar roger uh it seems like a really cool thing from everybody that i've talked to and everything that i've read as for the conflict of interest aspect of it i don't think that will be an issue because well everybody that's in the sport has said that that's not going to be an issue plus tony stewart owns his own racing series in dirt um it's one of those things where it's just like it's gonna move on and be as it will and he already admitted roger penske did said that he's not going to be a strategist on the indycar side for willpower anymore because that would be a blatant conflict of interest so i'm looking forward to see how roger penske can revitalize the indianapolis motor speedway and revitalize the already revitalized and up and coming ntt indycar series that will wrap things up for a little bit of an abbreviated episode 36 of victory lane down the stretch they come thank you guys for tuning in as always please do me a favor i know it sounds trivial and i know i say that every week rate review subscribe to this podcast on itunes google play spotify we are also on soundcloud we will hopefully be back next week with a much anticipated interview i'm gonna hopefully talk to some people out in phoenix so guys as always thank you for tuning in i appreciate it i appreciate you if you're going to be in Phoenix this weekend, drop me a line, say hello. If you're not, uh, hopefully you will be able to see me on the FansChoice.tv broadcast this Saturday at Phoenix for the k Pro Series West Race. I will be staying for the Truck Xfinity and Cup Race. I'm very excited for it. I'm going to get out of this cold-ish weather in Maryland. I'm going to hopefully be repping some Nationals World Series gear because I haven't gotten it yet, but I might go out and get it later today. And I'm going to stop rambling and tell you peace and love. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in. I'll talk to you guys next week.